0: Welcome back to the Story of Software podcast, and today we're joined by a colleague of mine at Zartis called Ricky Hill, who's our new commercial director. So, Ricky, how are you doing? Uh, I'm fantastic, Project. Uh, thank you very much, and delighted to be here speaking with you tonight. Great stuff. So, as well as uh, joining the business as a commercial director with a focus on our AI service offering, uh, Ricky's going to be recording some episodes for our podcast as a host. So, Ricky, how are you feeling about uh, being in the podcast here? Yeah, very good. Um, Definitely a new
1: venture for me, but um, uh, I like to talk, so, and I like to talk to people and uh, hear the stories. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. And
0: um, yeah, it's exciting. Fantastic. So I actually have a few questions for you. Um, First of all, why did you join Zartis? That's a great question. Um, I think... First and foremost, um,
1: I think the culture of Zartis is incredibly appealing. Um, everything from the people, how we interact with each other, how we view working with our customers, how we, you know, just the principles of Zartis, of and everything from, uh, you know, going out to kind of the social aspect of how we want to do good, I think is, it was very, really, really appealing to me. It's also a super interesting space. I mean, I think. You know look where we're at with regard to uh within our lifetime the biggest transition uh that we're going to you know one was obviously the internet next one is um is you know the the rise and um i suppose maturation of ai within within our world basically so we're at an incredibly exciting time within um you know our lifetime business and um I think just where Zartus is, is as a business, and it's a position to actually be, uh, you know, a pioneer, a front runner, and to, you know, to have a significant impact and accelerate that transition is, is just a hugely exciting for me to be part of that journey, um, and to be part of the commercial team where we actually get to speak to, be on the front line of speaking to our existing customers, as well as future customers and helping them navigate and and um you yeah, transition is it, when i package it all up together it's just a uh, too good to turn down bodrick and uh, so it was uh no, just very very exciting and delighted to be on board and you know i've been in the
0: company a month now and it's uh it's lived up to expectations and beyond to be honest so i'm very very happy great to hear yeah i agree with a lot of what you say um I actually joined Zartis uh, for similar reasons. So uh, I'm the CEO of the company, but I didn't found the business. So people often ask me, like, why did you set up the company? I didn't. Uh, so it was set up by an Irish entrepreneur called John Dennehy. And um, I was looking for a new role in 2014. And I had progressed in discussions with uh, with a business um, about setting up a, an office for them in, in mainland Europe, specifically in Madrid. And I was introduced to John, and even though it was clear that the other opportunity was more stable and more well-resourced at the time, um, I just really liked the style of John and uh, really liked the energy, the ambition, uh, the fact that he was clearly a very decent person, and he could see that uh, you could concurrently do well in business and be a good person at the same time. And that's very, very appealing for me. So yeah, I, I like the principles have always been baked in there, and They're immensely liberating because um, for me, I only ever have to think about what's the right thing to do in any given situation. It's never like, oh, well, you know, we better Mm. we better push through this deal that isn't good for the customer because we need the money. It's never been the mindset in the business and it never will be. And I sleep like a baby at night on that basis. So so I really like that aspect of it. I agree with you. I think we're in the throes of a paradigm shift. I think everything is being disrupted as we speak. And I think we, as artists, need to be at the vanguard of that disruption, and we need to utilize the principles of the business to ensure that that disruption is carried out in such a way that is not excessively disruptive to people. So when you think about the obligations of like an Irish company, as artists is, we have legal fiduciary responsibilities to shareholders, but also to employees. And I think that businesses need to be looking at AI through that prism. It's like, okay do things that are good for operational efficiency, but also how can you utilize AI technology to make your own employees more impactful, to add value to their careers, and to think about stakeholder capitalism and the wider responsibilities that we have as business leaders. So I, I'm very glad to hear that the culture was attractive for you. It was the same thing for me. I agree with you in terms of the uh, the paradigm shift, and it's going to be incredibly interesting to see what happens next. Um. I'm also going to ask you a few questions about what you think are your uh, strengths and weaknesses as a leader. And we might start with weaknesses. And I'm totally putting you on the spot here uh, because I didn't tell you in advance anything of what I was going to to ask you about today. But if you were to start off with weaknesses and then progress through to strengths, how would you describe those things? Weaknesses. Okay. Um, Always an interesting one to kind of
1: self-reflect on this. I think... um like I think when I look back at my career kind of I think the thing that i kind of learned most is or where I'm constantly trying to work on and evolve is actually working with others to get the I suppose the the perfect team environment where you know I fundamentally understand who they are what makes them tick and and fun uh, we work the best together to get the best out of each other basically because what I've learned as leadership is that nobody no two people are the same um some people um need to be slightly kind of micromanaged some people you just need to empower and kind of let them go away and figure it out because that's just what they want and i think it's uh it's just something that i'm constantly focusing on to work on um that to really understand the people that i work with uh what motivates them uh, and what is the i suppose the leadership style that will get the most out of them um and I think I have a lot to learn to be honest, it, to be honest. uh, To it is uh, it's going to be a never ending development point for me if I'm being brutally honest but for me yeah whenever I've I suppose been mentored or worked with somebody they've just been masters at that um you know you go into a difficult meeting with them and you come out feeling like you're 10 foot tall basically even though that you you know they point out loads of errors and I think that's just a real real strength of leadership um Moving on to kind of strengths. Look, I think um, if anybody looks at my LinkedIn, you can see I've kind of worked in different industries, different roles. And I think probably one of my strengths is kind of adaptability. I've always, and this may be a weakness as well, but I've always put myself in situations where I've probably been uncomfortable and I kind of like the challenge of figuring things out, uh, making it work. Uh, and I, I think Maybe problem solving. That's being a bit stubborn. That's uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever you want to call. I I'm very motivated to basically define a vision uh, and figure out how to make it work. Basically, and, and and execute. Look, that's worked badly for me in the past because I jumped into things where I didn't necessarily you knowledge of industries, etc. And it was incredibly challenging, but actually, when I look back on it, I kind of came out the other end in a in a very good way. And
0: I learned that's when you learn the most, basically. Um, and yeah, and it- yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut across you, but I I thought it might be interesting for you to hear a little bit of because we actually haven't we we never debriefed on this, but basically, you joined the business on the back of a few informal discussions. Uh, and maybe slightly more formal ones between others, but you, the discussions we had were were quite informal. We met for coffee, we met for dinner, we had a couple of video calls. You met other other members of the team, and the things that were really striking for me about, uh, and I think this is going to be interesting for for listeners to think about what's in the mindset of uh, a hiring manager in this kind of context. Was I was looking at you, thinking this guy's a Swiss Army knife, and um, this guy has done so many different things in, in lots of different areas, and proven adaptability. Um, we are a high change business. So I joined the company and there was six people and now there's 280 and we're entering into an ultra high change environment with this paradigm shift being brought about by AI. But this is a perfect skill set. And um, I also found that when we were talking, you were really blunt, uh, really direct, really honest. And I think for me, honesty is just such an asset in business when people are telling each other the truth. I think that where businesses come a cropper very often is when everyone's lying to everyone else and, and then you just end up in this spiral towards decay. Um, and the third point for me was just the level of motivation. I could see the hunger, the ambition, the desire to already accomplish great things, but clearly there's a there's a fire in the belly and, and a desire to to accomplish even more. So, so those were the kind of the things that really caught my attention when we were talking. I asked you maybe, not an unfair question, but I asked you about weaknesses and strengths. I'm going to talk about my own weaknesses and strengths um, very, very briefly, and then I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. So for me, I think the main weakness for me has been um, ego and a hero complex. Um, So joining a small business where you can be super impactful and where there was probably a experience gap between me and other people meant that I was kind of up on a pedestal and artist for a long period of time. And in some moments, I was the only person bringing deals. And that can kind of get into your head a little bit where you're like, I'm the guy who makes it all happen. And maybe you are at that particular moment in time, but you probably won't be forever. And if you are forever, you're making terrible decisions. So it's been difficult for me sometimes to wrestle with that kind of ego stuff and the hero complex stuff. I would say in relation to strengths, there's probably two things I'd call out. One is, I write well and I think being able to write clearly and effectively is just a huge asset and it's it's a skill that's become even more important as business has kind of moved away from phone calls and more towards emails and, and uh, instant communication on platforms like Slack. And the other thing is I've been kind to people and I think, it's a, I think it's a necessity in business. I think you need to be humane. You can't let people take the piss and you can't let people just do whatever they want. And there needs to be some structure and order and discipline in an organization. But if you are genuinely oriented to wanting the people around you to be successful and you're thinking in terms of enabling the success of other people, there's huge power to be obtained from that. And they say, like, power is the only quality that the more of it you give away, the more of it you get. And uh, I certainly think that's a, that's a good way to think about those those topics. Um, Interesting quote. yeah. Um, I heard that one form was I I it was actually I think an original from a LinkedIn connection of mine I saw someone posted it on LinkedIn yesterday I was like I don't know if he's taken that from somewhere or it's it's just come as a flash of inspiration but I, it really did uh, it really did strike me and uh, Ricky uh, just being kind of conscious of the time because I, I know we were hoping to keep this to about 10 minutes and uh, I think we're both we're both big talkers What would you like to accomplish in your career over the next decade? And that's a huge question and probably an unfair one to spring on someone with no advance warning. But when you think of like 10 years time, Ricky, um, what are some of the things you'd like to have done? Great question. Uh, Again, I think I think
1: when you actually when I look back on what I've achieved to date, um, what uh, kind of gives me the most pride is actually one Working within organisations where you build up really strong relationships, Um, and a lot of people I still, um, you know, very friendly with. But also what we actually achieved. Um, So, you know, I've been part of businesses where we've two three x the business in two three years, earnouts and acquisitions, built businesses from scratch. And I think where I want to be in another ten years' time is uh, ideally with Zartus is to, I suppose, trump all the achievements I've done today. So obviously build exceptionally strong relationships uh, within artists as, as a lot of customers have a big impact for our customers within the thing, so really help them. Um, and then, you know, through executing kind of all of that, the output of that will, Zartus should be fundamentally very successful as well. Um, and look, today we're largely focusing on EMEA and US. I would love to a point where we're, uh, where we're global. We have uh, you know, less reliant on, on a couple of key individuals. So there is a very strong um, group at multiple levels within the organization. Globally, that can, you know, if one drops, we all can work together and we all support each other. And I suppose by focusing on the work, helping our customers, having a positive social impact, building really strong relationships, you, ex- you do all of that. The output of that then is is a phenomenally successful business as artists. And I think, and I look, I don't want necessarily want to put like kind of numbers on where we're going to be our valuations of the business. But I do believe that if we given the scale of opportunity, the transition that's going, going to global company, you know, that would be a phenomenally successful achievement that I could look back in not just 10 years, but 20, 30 years and be immensely proud of that. And, um. Yeah, and I think that, that's kind of it, really. And I have, have a lot of fun along the way, Podrick. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. work is work and we all work hard, but,
0: you know, you have to have fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I completely second that. It's one of the things I have absolutely loved about working in artists over the years is, like, having immense crack with people. Um, it's like you're putting the best hours and the best energy you have five days of the week into a business. Uh, you need to be around good people that you can enjoy their company, and not just learn from but also yeah have a good laugh while doing it. Um I'm going to ask you one last question and you you touched on social impact. How do you think about businesses in terms of like straying too far away from their core mission and maybe getting distracted by social impact stuff? Like have you have you formed a view of like where the limits should be in terms of how businesses Consider their at- interaction with wider society and what are the things they should get involved in and what are the things they shouldn't get so involved in? Yeah, look, I think it's very important that every company does. but It also has to be done
1: with, I suppose, the right drive or um, desire. So, look, I suppose what they shouldn't get involved in, it, it, look, it fundamentally has got to be something that they're motivated or invested into. And that can be anything for anybody. I mean, it could be, you know, supporting homeless because it's, in a, you know, might resonate with some people or cancer or what, you know, helping, you know, in today's world migration, displaced people, I think is massive as well. So look, I think for me, it's an exceptionally important point. I think businesses have the means and I demand power to be able to do it. Um, to what extent does it distract? Look, I think. Like ultimately businesses have shareholders and employees, so you can't get so much away that we're, you know, you're destroying the business in some way, but I certainly believe that it's got to be there to a certain point. And I wouldn't put limits on any of that. You know, if it it helps them stay motivated and not going to say sleep better at night, but, you know, it makes them content. And I think there's an element to that, like doing good makes people feel better.
0: And I think that's a really strong driver, then that's what they should do. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think any sort of volunteering or way in which people can make a positive social impact, I think is good for the soul, for people at an individual level. I think what organizations need to do is try and consider how their social impact initiatives sit with the people that work in their organization and specifically to try and do things that are not divisive. For their own employee base. And um, some organizations, I think, have come a cropper because they've taken very distinct political views uh, on certain, let's say, social topics. And I don't know whether it's the place of businesses to be uh, involved in social commentary or advocating for particular political positions. Um, I very much like the fact that there is great diversity across artists. And by diversity, I mean genuine diversity. We have, I know, I've had conversations with people that are atheists, agnostics, strict Muslims, you know, uh, mass going Catholics. Uh, we have a bit of everything um, in Zartis across the political spectrum and across you know the belief spectrum. And I like that it's an environment in which there is an atmosphere of uh, respect where there are differences. So we're able to coherently work together in a very collaborative, collegiate environment. I think that that's where the broader society needs to get, I think. And people need to be able to talk to each other because very often when you pull an idea in lots of different directions, where you end up is often the sweet spot. So, yeah, I would take the view. uh, I'd agree with you that organizations need to be very conscious of their responsibility. Uh, and at the same time, I think they need to figure out a way to do that that is not divisive. Uh, and look, easier said than done, but that's how we've viewed our own obligations, ethical considerations, etc. as artists over the years. And yeah, looking forward to having a few more of these discussions with you. So Ricky, uh, two big talkers from Cork. We've gone well over schedule, uh, yeah. as we might tend to do. I'm looking forward to hearing your podcasts uh, over the next few weeks and uh, yeah very exciting I know we've got a, a good pipeline of guests coming up and uh, and thanks for coming on board with us at Zardes yeah thank you very much Bodrig and looking
1: forward to it and uh, yeah I'm just excited to get going with the podcast and hopefully be interesting to people um, so yeah I'm sure it will be thank you so much cheers Bodrig bye bye